This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Today we cover the best fantasy topic that there is. That is bold predictions. It's the best because you can't hold us to it if we're wrong. Whatever, it was just a bold prediction. I love that about bold predictions. Today's episode. I hate that about (laughs) bold predictions. I hate it. What's our job, gentlemen? It's to predict what's going to happen in fantasy football. The The thing that I like about it is... It's where you can take the things that you actually believe, but are too afraid to say them. And like, you but gotta, if you gotta, really believe you it, then st- rank it that you way. You gotta then stretch go with them it. a little bit. You know, it's it's not like okay. you exactly one hundred percent believe that this is going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's you're planting a flag. Yeah. It's just, it's fun. It's fun content. People enjoy it. Listen, today's episode is sponsored by Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies music, gaming, and more. Stay tuned for additional details about Sonos Arc later in today's show. We have actually a lot today. It's not just bold predictions. We'll catch up on the injuries. We've got fill in the blank. We've got rank these three players. I'm just going to, that's where I give Dave and Chris three players and they rank them. Um, and I think there are three players that, you know, and, and you could be complicated. Be, I, not, I, I will, ex- don't worry, Dave, I will explain the rules before we get to the segment. Um, Please. There are uh, players that I think people could be realistically deciding on when they when it's their turn to draft. Okay, so first bold prediction. This one is just like knocking my socks you know, off. I, I just want to say, I want to point out. So I'll, I'll start my bold prediction. But before I do, I just want to say the two players I'm talking about played on the same college team. And one was clearly <laughs> better than the other one. Okay. So I just want to throw that out there. My bold prediction Curtis Samuel outscores Terry McLaurin in fantasy football in the year 2021. And I know, oh my God, it's crazy. What are you thinking? Terry McLaurin outscored Curtis Samuel in the same amount of games last year by 13. Did you know that? Nope. You want another fun they were fact? On, they were on different teams and one had a terrible quarterback, but other than that. Well, I mean, one the other one didn't have a great quarterback, but I will... Is Adam there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. Sorry, we're having some technical difficulties in the studio. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I will point out, did you know that Curtis Samuel is 11 months younger than Terry McLaurin? Who cares? He Who cares? was picked 37 spots higher. They played okay. in the same college offense. Curtis Samuel was much better. And he's younger. And he's been in the NFL longer. So... It's not as wild as it seems. But I know why, like but why? Like, a huge breakout why? for Terry McLaurin. Tell me why Curtis Samuel's going to outscore McLaurin. The last time Curtis Samuel played in Ron Rivera's offense was the 2019 season. And famously, it was not a great season for Curtis Samuel. He had, had like 690 yards. He wasn't great. The thing was, he was actually in a very valuable role in that offense. He had like 1,533 air yards in that offense. I think it was like fifth or sixth in the NFL. He actually had more air yards in that offense than DJ Moore, who I think is a pretty good comp for Terry McLaurin in the the roles that they're going to play in this offense. So, yes, I think Terry McLaurin will be a better receiver than Curtis Samuel, but I think it might be closer than we think. Maybe it's 1,100 yards versus 900 yards. I think that's perfectly reasonable. But Curtis Samuel is also going to have a role in the running game. We saw last season, obviously that wasn't in Ron Rivera's offense, but we saw last season he was really, really valuable in the rushing game. And, you know, in, in Ron Rivera's offense in 2019, I think he had like 25 carries. So that's the kind of thing that I think gets lost a little bit in fantasy production when we're talking about wide receivers for a guy like Robert Woods, for a guy like Curtis Samuel. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying you should like pr- project and boost every wide receiver because they might get rushing yards, but those sure. guys clearly have a role and it's part of their skill set and it's going to be used. Yeah. Okay. Curtis Samuel is dealing with the groin injury. That's the biggest concern for me. Yeah. Well, I, I think regardless of how you feel about this bold prediction, Curtis Samuel is now going 131st overall. It is a, sh- a shocking amazing. drop in average draft position yeah. from where he was before his injury. Yeah. Uh, so regardless, he presents great value. Okay, Dave. Now, now Chris gave me his three bold predictions before the show. Dave just gave me the players involved. 
One was Jerry That's Judy. Right. One was Tyler Boyd, and the third one was Patriots. Patriots offense. offense. Right. So I went. I I fulfilled. I filled in the blanks on the bold prediction. So Dave's bold prediction for Tyler Boyd is Tyler Boyd will meet Dave in the year 2024 and ask him to name the city and state he is from. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yes, that will help people in fantasy leagues this year as well. All right. So, and by the way, before the show, like because Adam doesn't know what the bold prediction is, I told him, and I said it with a very straight voice, that Tyler Boyd will finish as a number three fantasy receiver, and Adam lost it. He was, he was like, you can't say that. That's not a bold prediction. Here's the bold prediction. And I've given it before. Tyler Boyd will be the best receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals in PPR this year. Better than T. Higgins. Better than Jamar Chase. I actually have him ranked ahead of Higgins still in PPR. I just think about the offensive line not doing its job to the best of its ability. Joe Burrow dropping back to throw. Getting rid of the ball quickly. Here's a target in the middle of the field that beats his coverage routinely. It will never be double coverage. If it's zone, he can find pockets to get open in. He'll pick up lots of targets. He did that plenty of times. I believe he had 15-plus PPR points in 6 of 10 games with Burrow last year. I can double-check that when I am done talking. But I think there is potential for Tyler Boyd to have one of his best seasons ever with the Bengals catching those easy short passes, building up his numbers in PPR, and finishing not as a number three receiver, Adam, but as a number two. Yeah. The top 21 at well, that. I'll tell you what, Dave. In uh, his first nine games with Burrow, Burrow got hurt in the 10th game. Tyler Boyd was 16th per game. 16th per game in full PPR. 25th per game in non-PPR. And Boyd, I'll just get the I updated mean, heck, throw ADP. That, throw that 10th game in where, where Burrow played you know, into quarters. the second half. Yeah. He was on pace for 1,200 yards, I believe, in those 10 games. Sorry, 1136 in those 10 games. He's in going 94th. 94th. In each of the four overall. games, Burrow had 21 fantasy points or more. Boyd had at least 18 in PPR. This okay. is the, this is one of my favorite round six, seven picks to take. Keep going. It's T-Boyd. Keep going. I don't think... It, what do you mean? I don't. Well, you don't have to take him in round six, but... It, on this C is where I'm happy to take him. Yeah, but you don't have to because on CBS, he's 94th. So yes, CBS. Uh, I'll see where he is uh, in Fantasy Pros consensus PPR. By the way, that was a sarcastic ass CBS. That's not how <laughs> yeah, I really I feel. Love Thank you very CBS. much. It's CBS is a great company. Uh, Excellent dental program. And 91st in Fantasy Pros. He's wide receiver Those 36. Two get two free. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Come on. So you, you could get him in round eight. Tyler Boyd, uh, very, very, very effective PPR wide receiver. He's Julian Edelman. I've been saying that for months and months. Okay, those are two bold predictions. We'll have more later on in the show. It's now time for our uh, Raising the Bar segment presented by Sonos. We're looking at players who have the potential to raise their game to the next level. If you want to tie this into more bold predictions, you certainly may. But we're looking for players who can raise the bar, who can raise their game to the next level. Chris, Dave, let you guys, you guys are sitting next to each other in the Fort Lauderdale studio. So It's true. Fun. Uh, you guys can figure out who wants to go first here. Wants to raise the bar. What do you think, rock, paper, scissors? Raise the roof. I, I think you should go first. No, cause... I want to watch rock, paper, scissors. Are Please. you bad okay. at rock, right. paper, scissors? No, I'm good. Because I'm going scissors. I'm going. I'm good. Okay. Scissors, go. Rock, paper, scissors, go. Oh, see, I went scissors the second time. I went paper first and psyched him out. You Chris gotta wins. Go, he gets You got to go, go paper first. This has been, I've seen studies on this. Okay. People are more likely to go rock than any of the other ones because it comes first in the order. <laughs> it's a fun fact. Little, also, you don't if you're trick. lazy because when you do yeah, rock paper scissors, your you're already in, <laughs> in rock, rock mode. Yeah, you don't have to extend fingers or anything that mode. might break a sweat. Rock mode. Yeah, I'm always in rock mode. All right, Chris, rock on. Who do you got? So we're looking for players who are going to take their game to the next level, and I am going to start with uh, a guy who I believe will be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in Week One. Tua Tungavaloa. <laughs> I, okay. I, I know the, the whole, like, there's a lot of smoke around the Deshaun Watson trade rumors, whatever may happen from that. I think if Tua Tungavaloa is the starter for the Dolphins this season, I think that offense is on the verge of exploding. I think they could be extremely good. I think we've sort of forgotten a little bit that before the hip injury, Tua Tungavaloa was every bit the prospect Joe Burrow was. I mean, it was, if Burrow was one it was only by a little bit on Tonga Vailoa. He didn't look great last season, but he did. He wasn't a disaster. He wasn't Jared Goff as a rookie, you know? Wow. And I love the weapons that they've put around him. They've got four receivers in 
Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, and Mike Gesicki, who can all make plays down the field. They're all, you know, fast for their positions. Three of the four have good size. Jalen Waddle's a, a little undersized, but he is such a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands. Him and Will Fuller can both break a, a short pass for a long gain or make plays down the field. I just think this offense is set up for Tango Bailoa to just explode. I think he is a uh, potential top 12 fantasy quarterback. So people love drafting Fields and Lance. Do you think that Tagovailoa is also in that group? Uh, different kinds of players. I think he'll be much better as a passer than either of those guys, but he's not going to be the rusher. But I have him ranked as my QB 15. And if I'm waiting um, and I'm not drafting Justin Fields for upside, well, actually, Fields and Tagovailoa, actually, it wouldn't be a bad combination. Um but yeah, no, I, I absolutely think he's one of the breakout quarterbacks. I'm, I'm writing my breakouts column tonight, and he'll definitely be on there. He's made very few mistakes this preseason, mm-hmm. and you, you go back and you think about what makes a breakout quarterback. It's getting better pass protection from the offensive line. I think he'll get that. Mm-hmm. It's by getting a better adjusted completion rate to intermediate throws. He's absolutely going to be better at that with all the receivers that they've added to the offense. Those are two factors that I think are very much in his favor, and he'll run for a few touchdowns. Yeah, along yeah, the he's, way. he's a, a pretty he's, good runner. He's willing to do that, so I'm I'm encouraged by that. And I I I don't think it's recommended to wait until the late rounds to get Fields and Tua as your quarterbacks. I just feel like I there's enough it. quarterbacks going around. Yeah, you can do it, but yeah. I just feel like you don't have to. Only one problem with that. that. Only one problem. Not that. Well, could be there's more, but more than one problem. Yeah, yeah. Two opens with the Patriots. That, that's it. Will Fuller. Yeah, that's that's the rough one. I don't right. think you're going to want to necessarily start Tua in week one. And, and he's got the Bills. At least in, there's no Gilmore in week two. Um, hey, Gilmore. All right. So listen, uh, Dave already gave Tyler Boyd. We'll consider that his player who can take his game to the next level. So Tua to Tungavailoa is really going to be... You don't want to hear about Gerald Everett? Our Sono star. You lost rock, I, paper, scissors. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's do our news and notes here. Irv Smith is likely out for the season. So give me your thoughts on how this affects every... Well, let's talk about the Vikings passing game here. And is it a boost for Jefferson? Is it a boost for Thielen? Do you care about Conklin or Herndon? Uh, does Cousins win or lose? Or, or is he unaffected? He's not a winner. But, uh, yeah, give me your thoughts, Dave. You can start on Irv Smith being most likely out for the season, if not the full season, most of it. All right, so I'll tell you what I think it means for the Vikings. I think it means that we'll see more concentrated targets for Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I think it'll obviously help Dalvin Cook as well. Uh, We were talking before the show today about D.D. Westbrook maybe being that third receiver for Minnesota. I I think you should keep an eye on Tyler Conklin. There were four games last year. Remember when Kyle Rudolph was out Mm -hmm. and there there was – Irv Smith, and we were all excited about Irv Smith, but Tyler Conklin played a lot too. Two of the games, he had 70% of the snaps. He actually had one more target than Irv Smith in those games. He had two fewer touchdowns than Irv Smith in those games and fewer yardage in those games, but he was still involved in the offense. He knows what he's doing out there. He's ready to go for week one. He's not going to have to learn a new playbook and get adjusted to a new quarterback like Chris Herndon's going to do. You could turn to Conklin, in, in certainly in tight end premium leagues, if there's somebody on your bench you don't want anymore, um, but I like Gerald Everett as someone that you can go to off the waiver wire and pick up. He's available in two-thirds of CBS Sports Leagues right now. You can use him to replace um, Irv Smith. Cole Komet is also out there. That's a guy who's available in almost 80% of CBS Sports Leagues. So a couple of tight ends that you might be able to find that have some upside to help you replace Irv Smith in that offense. You know, Chris, I think you I- and I share the same fears for Adam Thielen, he has 57 or fewer yards in 13 of his last 21 games. Technically, it's 16 of his last 20, or 15 of his last 24, something like that. But uh, no, 16 of his last 24. I didn't even include the last three games of 2019. He was playing hurt. So, but 15, 57 or fewer yards in 13 of his last 21 healthy games. He's touchdown or bust basically. He really saw a big decrease in targets in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. And I didn't draft any Adam Thielen. You probably didn't either. I'm not so sure I feel the same way. I, I do think this changes things for him. I actually did draft Thielen in a, in a league recently. I think it was the one we did on two, or actually the, the salary cap draft we did yesterday. I might've gotten Thielen in that one. All right. Um, I, I think he's going to produce like a good tight end. I mean, I, I think we're talking about a 31 year old who's clearly in decline. We've seen that over the last couple of seasons, but you know, he'll still be a factor in the red zone. He's still going to get like 110 plus targets at least. Um, 
So I, I think this is probably good news for him, but you know, he's still like a fringe wide receiver too for me. And real quick, guys, any drop for Cousins? No, I, I don't think Irv Smith was going to play a big enough role that, that that's going to change things. I do want to share glowing praise from Mike Zimmer on new Vikings tight end Chris Herndon. <laughs> Quote, he was a guy that was kind of pretty good in most areas. <laughs> Which, personally... That's what I'm aiming for in all parts of my life. If my boss said kind that about me, I'd be I'd be happy if my boss said that about me. But you know, I mean, that's much more praise than I ever got in school, at the <laughs> very least. All right, Dave, you said something last night or Tuesday night on our live stream about Tony Jones not necessarily being a true handcuff to uh, to Alvin Kamara yeah. that he wouldn't have the role that we've seen from Latavius Murray. You want to just reiterate that? Yeah, it sounds like because Latavius made the team, he might be the better backup to Alvin Kamara if something were to happen, and Jones would just remain as like a a, a running back that could give them a jolt eight to ten times a game, maybe a little bit less than that even. But I, it doesn't sound like there's a path for Jones to be in that Latavius role where maybe he's getting the previous Latavius role where he's getting ten plus carries a game. I I've kind of come to the conclusion that uh, Latavius is still liked by this coaching staff and. He doesn't play special teams, so what's he there for? It would be to be the backup to Alvin Kamara. So I've I've cooled it on Tony Jones, which sucks mm -hmm. because I think he's really a talented running back, and we're always looking for late-round running backs. He's one that's now like a late, late-round running back. I do want to see, you know, there's still, what, 10 days until the season starts. I do want to see if maybe they trade Latavius Murray, if they're waiting for someone oh, I would love to it. make an offer. Um, because... But all through camp, it really did seem like Tony Jones, you know, kind of had surpassed Latavius Murray. I yeah, think in did. one of the preseason games, Latavius Murray was playing in the second half. Chris, yeah, I'm going to put you in the position of Monday being an NFL game. general manager. You you are now in power of one okay. of the 32 teams. I'm going to offer you a 31 year old running back. What are you going to give me for him? I guess seventh round pick. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm as as I'm pretending to be Sean Payton. This guy knows my offense. Yeah. He's done a good job in the past. I don't need a conditional seventh round pick. I don't need to save on cap space that much. I'll just keep Latavius Murray. That's fair. Okay. Well, thank I you, can. Sean. Uh, meanwhile, New Orleans week one game against Green Bay will be in Jacksonville because of the hurricane. So they'll be playing week one in Jacksonville against the Green Bay Packers. Denver plans on waving Royce Freeman, running back Royce Freeman. Evan Ingram could end up on short-term IR, which is only three weeks, but his status for week one, very much in doubt. Kenny Galladay, though, trending in the right direction. Pittsburgh running back Anthony McFarland could go on IR. That, again, would be minimum three weeks. Is Does anybody ever handcuff Najee Harris? He was the handcuff, or he is. So, you know, if if it's not him, I'm not sure who it would be. They waived Jalen Samuels, right? Right. They um, still have Benny Snell and Kalen Balazs. Yeah. And Kalen It's actually a good thing. If you've got Najee Harris and you didn't handcuff him because – you probably didn't feel like you needed to. Now you can go and pick up McFarland off waivers if he's there. Stash him in an IR it's spot. True. He's going to be there true. for a little while. Okay. Uh, Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins practiced. Good news there. Jalen Richard for the Raiders. He's expected to be placed on short-term IR, according to The Athletic. And then just this last thing here. I know people have asked questions about vaccinated versus unvaccinated and the you know, how long they're going to be out. So this I'm just reading verbatim from ESPN. Vaccinated players are tested weekly. Those who test positive are required to be out for 10 days or, this is important, can return sooner once they receive two negative PCR tests separated by 24 hours. And vaccinated players cannot be identified as high-risk contacts, 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 but if they are exposed to someone who tests positive, they must wear a mask inside the facility and must test daily for five days after the day of exposure. Unvaccinated players are tested daily. Those who test positive must miss 10 days. And then there's a three-day return-to-play protocol. Unvaccinated players designated, designated as high-risk close contacts must test immediately. If they test negative, they still must miss five days. So if you are a close contact to someone with COVID and you're vaccinated, all, as long as you're negative, all you have to do is wear a mask. If you're mm -hmm. unvaccinated, you have to miss five days no matter what. Uh, so that's that's a big Which means deal. If it happens after Tuesday, they're out for that week. They're out, unless it's Monday Night Football. But yes, uh, so right, 
because they miss Wednesday, yes. Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So that's a big deal, and vaccinated players can come back sooner. You guys do it with that information what you will. Time for some rapid fire segments here. Got a lot of content from the listeners. Let's hit it. Unreliable Rod. This guy. You can never count on Rod. Lamar Jackson's ceiling would make him QB blank this year. His floor would make him QB blank this year. One for the ceiling. He could be the best quarterback in fantasy. And 11 is the floor. Yeah, I was going to say one and 12. Oh, that's a lower floor than I that I anticipated. Last well, year, he was, he was close to that. I think he was year, 9 right? or 10. Right, so a little worse than Maybe last he was 12, year. I can... MVP level in yeah. circa 2019. All right, from B. That's all it is, B. Saquon Barkley will receive 20-plus touches in blank games this year. Eight. That might be too high. Yeah, I was going to say six. Combination <laughs> of him not quite being healthy enough to the coaching staff's liking and part of it being the coaching staff just not wanting to rush him out there for a ton of plays. Yeah, and then it, you factor- The answer should be 17. The answer should be 18. <laughs> That's a lot of games. Every single game, 20 touches. 18. Wow. Giants are going to Yeah, all right, Dave. I love it. Pro Bowl. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, I mean, the problem with this question is the games, probably four or five games this year where the Giants are winning by so much that they take Barkley out. It's true. Yeah. All right. Jeff Bates says, I should draft a QB blank rounds higher in a 10-team league versus a 12-team league or deeper. Zero. I was going to say negative two. You think there, later? The uh, Yeah, because it's all about gaining an edge in uh, a smaller league. The shallower your league is, the more star power you need to have. And there are, I think we all agree, at least 10 quarterbacks who we think have legitimate number one QB upside or in that range. And so it's going to be so easy to find either a late round quarterback who's very good or someone on waivers. There's the flip side of that, which is if you're looking for difference makers in a 10 team league, why not get a difference maker sure. quarterback? Heath t- has talked about it before where you're kind of just raising the minimum for what you would want to get from a quarterback in a, in a regular 12 team league that looks like 22 points per game. Maybe now that becomes closer to 24, 25 points sure. per game, but I'm still not interested in, for example, taking Mahomes in round two in a, in a 10 team league. I would still no later than, I mean, no earlier than late round three for me on Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I really, I don't see myself changing my strategy that much on quarterback. Okay. Tight round end three. receiver, I might. Uh, I mean, sorry, uh, round three, just repeating what Dave said. Rapid fire from Dave Kamal. With the sixth pick of 12 teams in the draft in full PPR, I should take blank. Well, he's got a unique structure to his team. One I mean, he back, sort of receiver, does. One tight end, but three it, flex. It's, it's like a two running back, two. It's, yes, fine. One running back, one receiver, three flex. Who would you take sixth overall, PPR? A running back. Kelsey if he's there, Adams if he's there. Dave, what's running back do you have sixth? If Zeke's there, that would be amazing. Uh, Aaron Jones would be next man up. All right, this is from Dave Kuhn. Uh, Blank is the lowest ranked running back I'd be content with as my RB1. That's a great question. And this is an exercise that everybody should do before they go into their fantasy drafts, assuming you haven't already. Mine would be Miles Gaskin, RB18 in my PPR rankings. That range sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. But some people see Miles Gaskin and they'll throw up in their shoes. Yeah. I mean, it ultimately comes down to what you're comfortable with. I think my comfort level might actually be a little bit lower. Um, but yeah, like RB20. Adam, can you ask the questions faster? This is a rapid fire segment. If you ever throw up in my shoes, I'll be very mad at you. From Nevin, I'm going to trade blank after the first blank weeks of the season. I'm going to trade two or four blank after the first blank weeks of the season. Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a tough I'm one. I'm trying to think about the players that I've named as like super hot start guys. I'm going to trade Sony Michelle. I bet he has some big games early on, and he'll, everyone will view him as a number two fantasy running back, and I will sell high on Sony Michelle. And if I'm wrong on that, then I will sell high on Daryl Henderson for the exact same reasons. I am going to trade for 
Cincinnati Bengals after week three, as they start with Minnesota, Chicago, and Pittsburgh. After that, it will be Jacksonville, Green Bay, Detroit, Baltimore, and the Jets. So I will trade for some Cincinnati Bengals after week three. And I will also trade Jameis Winston immediately in a 2QB league. I will trade Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry after the first two weeks. I'm going to give this one to Chris first, since Chris is the only one who's going to get it. I had to look it up. Uh, From John J. Douglas. Fantasy football's Cedric Mullins will be blank. I know who that is. I know who Cedric Mullins is. Oh, because you're an AL only. That's right. He's on my team. He's on your Uh team? Wow. Playoff bound, baby. Cedric Mullins is having an incredible year for Baltimore. Who do you think found him for our team? (laughs) Nice work. So, no, it was Jamie. It's got to be someone who's been around for a little while and hasn't been good, but who's about to have a, a huge season, which I want to say Marquez Callaway. I know he's only entering his second year, but that's that's the one that first came to mind. That He's you know only had the one year, but I think he could be that guy. I think you need somebody a little bit older than that who could, who could fill that role. Mike Williams. Was, was, Mike Williams Mike is Williams? a very nice answer. Yeah, I would l- like to steal that answer, but I will not steal that answer. I've talked about Marvin Jones looking good in the preseason. <laughs> He's 31 years old. Yeah, no I way. Think, that doesn't fit. I don't know if this is a bold prediction, but maybe he'll be a top 24 receiver. He's, He's always, been a top 29 receiver on a per-game basis in PPR. Yeah, I know. That's, why it, does, that's why it doesn't Peter. fit. He's not Cedric Mullins. Plus, oh, he won't, because he, I mean, he's not a nobody? Yeah. You're looking for a literal, a literal no. nobody who becomes a somebody. Yeah, sure. Could be Mecole Hardman. I don't know if he's a literal nobody. It could be uh, Blake Jarwin, who, you know, I think Dalton Schultz's role and performance kind of confirmed our reasons for being excited about Blake Jarwin if he's going to be the tight end one. Going back to a name I said earlier in the show, Gerald Everett. Okay, I like that one. That's a good one, yeah. Our last one from Broccoli Rob. It's very funny. <laughs> Blank is uh, the quarterback from 8 to 12 in ADP that I draft most often. Great question again. I've gotten a lot of Jalen Hurts because he's not the most popular guy in fantasy drafts, and he's got tons of upside. Yeah, that's that's probably the right answer. <laughs> um, that's my guy. Yeah, I don't think there is one right answer, though, because you could absolutely make a case for anybody that's ranked in anybody's 8 to 12, except for, like, Tua. Sorry. No, please. no, I mean Jalen Hurts is the one I'm drafting most off. Oh, I see. Oh. Yep, me too. That's... Interesting. It can't, it, it can't, that can't be the answer for all of us, Adam. <laughs> it's, I swear. I, I too live, many overlapping leagues. I have him in like three or four leagues. I don't think I I'm... Know, same. How many... Uh, yeah, I don't have him in the 2QB league. I know I'm in that one with you. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's it for fill in the blank. We'll do some rank three... I'm, all right, Dave. Rank these three players is coming up next. I want you to kind of think about how that's going to work. Uh, okay. Maybe Chris can explain it to you as I explain the greatness of the Sonos Arc to our listeners. I've told you about how great it sounds. I haven't really told you all that much about how it looks. You're wondering, is this some big clunky speaker that's not going to look right in my living room? That's absolutely not the case. Um, it actually looks really good. I mean, for me, it fits perfectly on my little TV stand right in front of the TV. Uh, it looks it looks great. looks nice, like a nice piece of furniture, basically. And, and uh, it looks kind of state-of-the-art, too. It looks sleek. So that's not something you have to worry about. Are you worried about setting it up? Don't be worried about setting it up. I'm not handy at all. It took me, I don't even remember, five, ten minutes at most to set this thing up. You just download the app. You connect it. If you can download an app, you can set up the Sonos Arc. So now that we've gotten those two things out of the way, you're just going to be blown away by it. I mean, the first time I listened to it, I was like, whoa. This is, this is completely different. This is a game changer. This sounds so much better. I cannot wait for real football to start, and I can turn those speakers up and immerse myself in the action. Everything sounds great. The movies are, you know, everything. on there. The movies, But the music, like I said, I mean, you get all these radio stations. I play Spotify on it all the time, and you're just going to absolutely love it. The app, the app is also really easy to use. I haven't talked about that, but that's where you can go into the settings and put on the different features and those types of things. Uh, piece of cake. So from start to finish, it looks good. It sounds amazing. It's easy to set up. There is no reason why you should not have a Sonos Arc. All right, you're depriving yourself of better TV watching and music listening. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. S-O-N-O-S, Sonos.com to learn more. Rank these three players. Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Antonio Brown. 
rank them by the quality of the offense that they're in. So Brown, Waddle, Smith. Brown, Smith, Waddle for me. Brown first. Point okay. per reception leagues. Rank these three players. CeeDee Lamb, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods. Robinson, Woods, Lamb. That's my order as well. Robinson, Woods, Lamb. Okay. Rank these three players. Chase Edmonds, Daryl Henderson, Raheem Mostert. Edmonds, Henderson, Mostert. I will say Edmonds, Henderson, and Mostert. Is that two in a row? (laughs) Yeah, it's two in a row. All right, rank these three players. Juju. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I was like, what's going on there? (laughs) I can't hear him. Okay, Dave, can you hear me now? Yeah, I I had to plug in my earpiece. Gotcha. Juju Smith-Schuster. Jamar Chase, Kenny Galladay. Juju, Jamar Chase, Galladay. There's no way this is going to be three in a row, Chris. This would be amazing. Um, I have Chase, Galladay, Schuster, Smith-Schuster. Chase, Juju, yeah. Galladay. I'm interested I, I in feel that. much less confident about two and three than one. Dave won't look at me. I was just cursing. Well, why chase one ahead of uh, Juju Smith-Schuster? I'm not a big fan of Juju repeating what he did last year. I think I actually think there's a chance he could still get like maybe seven or eight touchdowns and the yardage will be the same. I bet his catches go down. I bet his targets go down. This is a Steelers offense that'll throw a little bit less than last year, and I don't view him as a very efficient receiver. I, I think there's a real chance the Steelers offense takes a big step back this season. I'm I'm very worried about Ben Roethlisberger. I thought that way as well. And then when I started watching that offensive line in the preseason, their last two preseason games mm-hmm. specifically, uh, I felt a lot better. I don't know were how they, I feel about they, that offensive line when it comes to run block. Were they going up against it, starters, though? Because I don't think they really were that much. No, definitely not, but at least they so were who cohesive cares? at the time. And week one's going to be a challenge because Buffalo's got a bunch of defensive linemen. But I, it, it was enough, I saw enough to where I, I felt okay with it. It's more about Roethlisberger for me. I'm just trying to learn a new-ish offense for the first time in a decade plus, playing under center more, something he hasn't done really in the last five or six years at all. Um, I just, I think things could look really, really bad for him. And frankly, I thought he was washed up last season. All right, bold prediction. Steelers top five offense. That is bold. That's bold. Well, they have the pieces. They just have to. They, they well, need the line. They have the. They have the skill position players. Yes. To do it, they have a. They have the the probably less important parts, I would say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in a sense. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Rank these three players: Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Aaron Rodgers. I know we're not going to agree on this one. You just did. The way you list them is the way I would rank them. I would put Rodgers ahead of Herbert. And ahead of Russ, too? No, no, no. Russ is number one. Okay, so we were close. Yeah. At least we had Russ one. Rank these three players. Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady. Brady is going to be number one for me, for sure. I would put Rodgers one spot ahead of Hurts, just as him being a little safer than Hurts. Rodgers, Hurts, Brady. Brady, we don't third. Disagree. We don't agree at all on that one. Yeah, Ooh, that's dang. not a knock on Tom Brady. They're all top nine quarterbacks for me. I just, I the 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 shying away from Aaron Rodgers thing sort of sort of confuses me. I, I know he's not going to repeat what he did last season, but we are talking about arguably the most efficient quarterback in NFL history. He's still got you know his number one weapon, Marquez Valdez Scantling, has actually. Had a very good camp. People are really raving about him. You can't say that uh, Marquez Valdez. We say that, that every year about that, Marquez. Wait, hold Valdez on. How, how you, you can't say that that quickly after you say his number one weapon. You have to pause. And he's sorry. To be, yes, yes. He, <laughs> he has his number one weapon per M dash Devonte Adams. There you go. M dash and Marquez Valdez Scantling has had a good camp. You're not worried about the offensive line. At least to begin the year, I'm not real. Not yes. with Rodgers. I don't. I just don't think that's going to be that big of a concern. Okay. Are you? And you're not worried about the schedule. I don't really worry about schedule at all. And it's like it's a lot of it just comes down to like if Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't really matter all that much. We basically have that weird two season span between the end of the Mike McCarthy era and the first year of the Mike 
uh, LaFleur era. And other than that, he's been the best quarterback a lot of top five finishes. Ever? He's amazing, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. He just isn't going to throw nearly as much as Brady. He's obviously not going to run nearly as much as Hurts. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you and know. And the matchups are going to be tougher. I know Chris won't look at the schedules, but I will. Mm-hmm. NFC West, AFC North, tougher schedule. Minnesota's tougher. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was surprised that Brady was not first in this group, to be honest with you. Um also, Chris said Rogers hurts Brady, which sounds a little messed up because I thought they he were shouldn't. friends. You should not do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. Let's see. Are we? Yeah, we're out of ranking. Hey, Dave, you did great on that segment. You figured it thank out. You, thank you. Thank you. It really wasn't that hard of a game after all, and I think we should continue playing it as we move along in the season and in the next yeah, offseason. Yeah, we will. Actually, I know everybody's listening listening to this on Thursday, but I have a lot of these for the Wednesday night draft-a-thon. That I'll be throwing out at our industry analysts. Time to to finish our bold predictions. All right, Chris, you can give one. Then Dave, then Chris, then Dave. We'll go like that. Go ahead, Chris. What's uh, your Justin Fields bold prediction? Justin Fields will be a top 10 quarterback. I'm getting real like Tom Savage vibes from Andy Dalton being named the starter. (laughs) We're like, we're going to name him the starter and we're going to be stubborn and not uh, go back on it. But it wouldn't surprise me if Justin Fields is in at quarterback for the Bears at halftime in week one. like Or if not, I mean, it's the Rams. It's going to be a really tough matchup. Andy Dalton could very well struggle. In which case, I just don't think it's going to be very long until Justin Fields is the starter. And I think once he's the starter, he's a top 10 guy. Or at least I think he's really close. I think he could be similar to what Jalen Hurts was last season. Maybe less running, but better passing. I think, you know, from what I've seen from him in college, obviously, you know, a pretty historically productive player. And then what we saw in the preseason where he looked every bit the part. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked like Cam Newton, actually. I know it, maybe it's just they were both wearing number one. and But I just think the, the, the upside for Fields is elite fantasy quarterback. And it's easier for a running quarterback to get to that level as a rookie. Justin Herbert yeah. aside. Yeah, well, all right. I want to talk about this here. Cam Newton is, I can't remember. You guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've had a better rookie quarterback in recent years, say the last decade, than Cam. He was top five per game. He had 14 rushing touchdowns. That was back in 2011. The other ones that come to mind that were good were Andrew Luck in 2012. He was QB 8 in 4-point, QB 11 in 6-point. This is per game. Everything I give is per game. Justin Herbert. Yeah, he did. Uh, Justin Herbert was QB 9 per game. Joe Burrow, 17th per game. Kyler Murray rushed for 544 yards. He was QB 12 and 4-point, QB 14 and 6-point per game. Baker Mayfield had a good rookie season. QB 18 per game and 4-point, QB 20 per game and 6-point. Mm-hmm. So Jalen Hurts had four games. Let's call it three and a half. Yeah. Um, he had one mega game, and that was his only game with more than 20 fantasy points and 6-point for passing touchdown leagues. I don't... I don't know that, like, I see the potential for Fields, but I would push back on one thing you said, Chris, because everybody's raving mm-hmm. about his preseason, and I just, there was a lot of good, but it just seems like with all of these quarterbacks, where because we like them, because they're young, we overlook the bad plays, but there were a lot, all of them had bad moments, sure. so there are going to be some of those, there are going to be lumps, and my, my point is, Cam Newton's the only quarterback, the only rookie quarterback that I can find in the last 10 years who's finished higher than QB8 in four-point per passing touchdown well, leagues, QB nine and six-point on a per-game basis. Lamar Jackson probably got there in his start. I, I don't think he did. I, you know what? I can look that up for you because that was, what, 2019, his rookie year? No, 18. 18 yeah. Okay, so I will go back to my 2019 I mean, look, Adam, review and, and look it up. The whole point of a bold prediction is there are lots of reasons why it can't happen. You're, you know, we're yeah. talking about like a 95th percentile outcome or a 90th percentile outcome, something like that. But the point for me is to just highlight how high the upside is, I think, for Justin Fields if he does click. You know, he's got a legitimate alpha number one wide receiver. He's got what should be a pretty good rushing game, especially if he's in there, you know, helping David Montgomery's efficiency with his own rushing ability, which I think is an under-discussed thing for David Montgomery. Um, And we all think Darnell Mooney's a breakout candidate. So I think it's a good situation for him to land in and, 
frankly, I thought he should have been the number two pick. So yeah, there's a bit of confirmation bias in his preseason play, but I, you know, I'll, I'll confirm my biases occasionally. I mean, it's certainly not a bad bull prediction, but because people are spending draft picks on Lance and fields, I just think it's worth pointing out that even the mobile quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was only on pace for 20 touchdowns in his starts. Mm -hmm. 11 passing, 9 rushing uh, with 7 interceptions. I don't know how many fumbles. He was on pace for 2,546 passing yards, but almost 1,300 rushing yards. I I don't know where he would have been. Oh, yeah, per per game, I had him as QB 16 in 4 point, QB 22 in in 6 point. Uh, I could be a little off on those numbers, but you know, I, I think Fields will have great rushing numbers. I don't think he's going to have great passing numbers. Um, I just want to bring this up because people are spending these picks and you're going to use a bench spot on Fields and definitely on Lance for a while. We sh- I, They might be I'm, better than everybody, but it, it's rare that a rookie quarterback really blows us away. Yeah, and I'm lower on Lance. I'm I'm less, much less likely to draft him. I don't know if I've really drafted him at all outside of two QB leagues. So, you know, I, I thought... Of the rookie quarterbacks, he actually might have looked the worst in the preseason. Um, there were really high highs, but there were some really low lows for Trey Lance. I don't think he's quite uh, ready yet. All right, Dave, your first bold prediction, or your second one, actually. Your first one was about Tyler Boyd uh, asking you where he's from. Jerry Judy was the name you gave me, and the bold prediction I assigned was that bold prediction, Jerry Judy has a middle name that also starts with the letter J. It's Jackson. Jerry Jackson Judy. That's correct. Well done. But that's not a prediction. That's a fact. Here's a prediction. Jerry Judy will not finish as a top 12 fantasy receiver. He will finish as a top 10 fantasy receiver. He will make that second year jump. He will have it with Teddy Bridgewater. Everybody complains, well, Teddy Bridgewater's never really had a bunch of great receivers to work with. Well, now he does. Oh, he did last year. What are you talking about? I think you kind of know how I feel about DJ Moore. I don't know if he's necessarily a complete receiver. Robbie Anderson, certainly DJ Moore is good, and certainly Robbie Anderson's good. I think Jerry Judy is a better talent than both of them, and I think he's a better talent than Cortland Sutton, and I think we're going to see that connection that these guys have, and it's been demonstrated that they've been working out this offseason, and they've got it together in the preseason. There's been timing. Judy's an amazing route runner. He'll have more on-target throws this year than he will last year. Terry Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater's had at least 80% of his throws on target each of the last two years. Part of it's because he's throwing short, yeah. but I think that he can actually spread his wings a little bit, throw a little bit further downfield because he'll have the confidence in Jerry Judy going to pluck those balls. I really do think he's got a chance to finish as a number one fantasy receiver, and I don't have to rank it that way. I've already got him ranked pretty high. <laughs> I've already got him as a top 50 overall player. Happy to take him anytime between 50th and 60th overall, and that's still higher than what his ADP is. But I really do believe that Jerry Judy takes a massive step this season. Yeah, I, I was looking at our second football magazine today, and I had Jerry Judy finish his top 12 as my bold prediction in the magazine. Excellent. But it was funny. Heath said this on Twitter the other day. He wanted to be the Jerry Judy guy, and then he saw how high I have him ranked. And then he saw how high you have him ranked. So neither Heath nor I get to be the Jerry Judy guy this season. I, I will I will happily accept being the Jerry Judy guy, and I will take full responsibility if he doesn't have a great year. If he starts dropping passes all over the place, like I would drop passes if I were an NFL receiver. If he does that, then it's going to be ugly for a lot of my fantasy teams. Bet, bet on elite talent and bet yeah. on the skills that he showed last season. I think, I, I think really that, good playmaking with the ball in his hands and the ability to make plays down the field. That's the combination that makes A.J. Brown elite. It's the combination that makes, you know, Amari Cooper very good. Like, that's that's what you're looking for. Right. Yeah, I think the uh, thing that would hold him, first of all, not drafting him to be a top 12 player, so this has absolutely nothing to do with drafting Jerry Judy. But if he's going to be top 12, then just every wide receiver who finished top 12 last year, except for DeAndre Hopkins, was on a team that threw at least 31, I think, touchdown passes. Yeah. So that just got to keep that in mind. Bridgewater, if Jerry Judy finishes top 12, Bridgewater is probably going to be top 15, would be my guess, because I think he's going to have to really get those touchdown numbers up. Uh, okay. Maybe Judy will help him with that. And Austin Eckler is your last bold prediction subject, Chris. What do you got on Austin Eckler? 
Yeah, I don't know if this is actually a bold prediction, but Austin Eckler will lead all running backs with in catches and yards, uh, receiving at least, and maybe receiving touchdowns. Let's not forget he had eight receiving touchdowns two years ago. Um, I think based on what we've seen from, you know, the Saints offense, obviously in the past with Alvin Kamara, you know, Mike Lombardi, not Mike Lombardi, Joe Lombardi, right? Yes. Joe Lombardi's in Mike Lombardi's a front office guy yeah. who's kind of like a analyst now. Yeah. Uh, Joe Lombardi's installing mostly the Saints offense. You know, that's what he's talked about. And we've seen Alvin Kamara be great in that offense. Alvin Kamara's obviously a great player. It's not just because of the offense, but Austin Eckler might be the best receiving running back at least since we started tracking targets, he's the most efficient receiving running back since 1991. And I think it's by like more than three quarters of a yard over number two with at least 251 targets. He's an elite, elite receiving running back. I think that offense is still going to be very good. And I still think they're going to have to rely on him very heavily, perhaps even more heavily than last season. Cause I don't think Jared cook and Donald Parham are going to just replace the 93 targets that, that uh, Hunter Henry had last season. You don't, Probably not. No. Okay. I tend to agree with you. <laughs> now, is he going to get the goal line work? That's the question. No. No, he's not. Um, but I still think he can get to eight to ten touchdowns, and if he does that while catching 95 passes, he's going to be a top six running back or very close. Oh. Okay. And Dave, his bold Hold prediction. On. You've got to make the prediction on what the bold prediction is going to be. That's what I already is, did, right? yeah. Patriots right, offense. Here's Dave's bold prediction about the Patriots offense. The Patriots offense will finish somewhere between 14th and 23rd in scoring. No, that is not what the bold prediction is. <laughs> like uh, this was my way of wedging prediction. in three different bold predictions into one oh, great. bold prediction comment. So with Mac Jones now the unquestioned starter in New England, no Cam Newton there. We're going to have Damian Harris finish as a top 15 running back in non-PPR, top 20 in PPR. Jacoby Myers will finish as a top 24 receiver in PPR, top 30 in non-PPR. And Jonu Smith will finish as a top seven fantasy tight end, regardless of format. I'm impressed with Mac Jones. He had three off-target throws out of 52 during the preseason. I think that he's, he's he's throwing it right on the money to his guys, whether it's short passes or long passes. One of the things that he kind of annoyed me with at Alabama was that he would overlook short throws and take longer throws. He did it in the preseason. He's going to continue to do that. Clearly, the Patriots are fine with it, and he was connecting and on target with those throws. I think that will continue on, and I think Janu is a perfect person for those intermediate and longer throws because he's a mismatch at tight end. I know we haven't seen much of him, but he's a good, speedy type of tight end. He's got not necessarily like breakneck speed. He's not Kyle Pitts, but he's got good speed, and he's going to be a matchup nightmare for teams to met, to deal with. Jacoby Myers in the slot, I think he's been proven now at this point that he's a good route runner and he's got good hands. He got a good target share last year. I think he gets one this year. And Damian Harris is going to be that lead running back for the Patriots. And I know that Ramondre Stevenson looked good in the preseason, but he's a rookie. He won't necessarily get a ton of time. He'll get a little bit. I think Harris leads the way. I think he's got a shot to get you close to 1,500 yards this year, maybe six, seven touchdowns on top of it. Good, good season for Damian Harris. That's the only one I'm not with you on is Damian Harris. Uh, my bold prediction that I'm actually ranking is Damian Harris is RB30 for me. I know I'm way lower than him on than pretty much anyone on him, but for me it just comes down to, one, he's going to be less efficient as a runner, which I think goes without saying. He's not going to have Cam Newton opening up uh, rushing. I'm not sure him. that's going to be the case. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with he that either. five yards per carry last season. He he's won't not, be much worse than that. I'm going to say 4.8. Bam. I'm going to say okay. it's 10% worse. So 4.5. 4. 4. 4. 4.5 yeah, would be... Well, I, I don't think that's the... Their, their offensive line is going cool. to be yes, much... That's yeah, another no, that's, huge factor. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, maybe he's just no, literally... literally you know, I don't disagree offensive. with yeah, that. For me, right, it just Dave, comes literally. down to... One, you're betting on Bill Belichick running backs, which is <laughs> historically a, a poor bet. Um, that is true. And... I just don't think this is going to be a great offense. I think it could be like 18th in scoring and there'll be plenty of goal line attempts and he should get the most of them and he should be the lead back, but I don't see him having any kind of passing game role. That's no. that's really the big thing. He had five catches in 10 games last season. Mm -hmm. He could be a 15 catch guy, mm -hmm. in which case you need mm -hmm. 1,300 rushing yards and... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 10 touchdowns for him <laughs> Sorry, to be a, a top 20 running back. Gumble to gumble. 
Uh, I shouldn't have done that because I think Chris was making an, oh, no, uh, I an important that. point. I know I do that. Yeah, I don't no, no, we were gumbling. Like I'm not paying attention to what you're saying because you had some really good points. Hey, about listen, Miles Sanders. James White or or Damian Harris in PPR, Chris. Uh, I have Harris ranked higher, but I'm more, much more likely to draft James White. Yeah. I bet your gap between those two is pretty small. It's seven spots. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah I can't do that. I, I've been a fan of Harris's talent. He can catch the ball. It's just a matter of whether or not he'll be able to to accrue the amount of targets that we'd like to see. I just don't think he'll get there. But I think he's a good runner. I think that offensive line's great. I think their schedule is great. And I, I think Damian Harris really has a chance of having one of those great years. And I think Belichick kind of painted himself into a corner here because you look at the running backs that they have. Yeah. Who's a It's not like he's got Rex Burkhead yeah. to go and, and take Sony Michelle off the field like he's had in the past. Is he really going to put Ramondre Stevenson in a role if, if Damian Harris starts to struggle a little bit or if he fumbles? Even if Harris fumbles, I don't think he's going to the bench for Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson fumbled in the preseason. The, the one thing I would add, um, Harris has had a lot of trouble staying healthy in the NFL. That's true. Um, he had two injuries in preseason in 2019, obviously barely played in the regular season. Last season broke his pinky uh, at, at the end of preseason, I think, and then had a, a pretty serious ankle sprain, a grade three ankle sprain that cost him the final three games of the season. So his season was bookended by that. I'm, mm-hmm. There's injury risk on top of what I think is a relatively low ceiling. That's why I'm low on, on Harris. But I know I'm the odd man out there now. Okay, we're going to finish the show with Team Name Tuesday on a Thursday. We have not done this at all, so I asked for some team names. 90% of them were perverted, you sick, sick people. So I took the non-perverted ones. Too a fast, too a furious. Yep. Okay. All right, I like it. Najee by nature. Yep. Nice. Jameis Eisenberg, and this actually came with a creepy Photoshop of the two of them combined into one face. <laughs> really? Yeah, Love it was it. really weird. Uh, the real Slim Brady. Sure. This one doesn't work. Uh, hot Chuba time machine. For those of you, though, those of you who don't know, it's it's Chuba Hubbard. But we have one that does work a little bit later. Catch me if I you can. I you can. I you can. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's a good one. That works. Uh, have, uh, for Young Way Koo, Koo Runnings. Sure. Okay. I like that one, yeah. yeah. Country Roads Take Mahomes. Excellent. Trey Lance, Lance Refrigeration. <laughs> Just Lance Refrigeration. That's all you need. Lance Refrigeration is amazing. No, you got to say the full one, though. That's how he introduces himself every time. I guess, but if you're just looking at someone's team name and just see Lance Refrigeration, you know, it's Trey Lance. Yeah, sure. is, Ryan, you just want something quick. Uh, last one. This one does work. Hot Chub Time Machine. I think we've had that before, but that's uh, good. There you go. That's yeah, good. Hot that works. Thank you, non-perverts, for your Team Name Tuesday on a Thursday submissions. And uh, thanks to Dave and Chris for hanging out here on this episode of Fantasy Football Today. This rapid-fire episode, we covered a lot of stuff. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. we got a mock draft to help you get ready for a big weekend of drafting. We'll see you then on Fantasy Football Today.